Hello everyone, it is your sister here, Jocelyn Jones, with another episode of Faith on the Journey. And on this podcast, we're committed to helping you to love life and embrace your journey by sharing testimonies of faith that will help you to see the challenges in your life differently. And we want to help you grow in your faith. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about an important subject something that I have struggled with for years, and honestly, I'm still struggling with it now. And this is the importance of us taking care of ourselves as believers. We live in a society that leads us to believe that we should always be running after the more of life. We need to do more in ministry. We need to produce more at work. We need to work harder to make more money. We need to try to figure out a way to cram more into our already busy schedules. And before we know it, we're constantly running on this hamster wheel, nonstop, chasing after the more, stressed out, doing all these things. But in the process, we haven't asked God if he wants to do any of these things that are crammed on our already overloaded plates. Now, I might just be talking to myself here, but If you're like me and you're ambitious and you're trying to push hard to the next level to reach your dreams, you might be on the deacon's board, you might be volunteering on all these nonprofits, you might be a business owner, a parent who feels like you're just always running and burnt out. I'm trying to tell you right now, that's not a place that you want to stay in. In fact, that's not a place that you can afford to stay in. Because running around at this high intense speed all of the time will cost you. And I want to point out two different areas that it can be costly in. One major cost is that when we remain in this space of always being busy, it can cause us to drift in our relationship with God. I once heard a quote that says, if the devil can't make you sin, he will make you busy. And I believe that is so true. Because the devil can try to keep us distracted so much with doing, quote unquote, that we never take time to actually seek God's face and ask God to order our steps to lead us in the direction that our creator wants us to go in. God has never called us to be busy. God wants us to be productive and powerful doing the work he's called us to do. But I promise you, we'll be neither of those if we continue to chase after the more of this world when God wants us to chase after the more of him so that we can experience everything that he wants to offer us. Now, just from firsthand experience, I'm in a season of life where I'm balancing a lot of things myself. I'm in seminary school right now. I have started my own business. I recently published a book. I'm active in my church. And so I have all these plates spinning in the air. And sometimes I feel like I'm about to lose my mind, if I'll be honest, because it's just too much going on. So what happens, I try to figure out what I can drop maybe to light my load. But usually when I'm trying to think those things through, I'm only taking into account the short-term consequences of those decisions versus the long-term consequences. Let me explain. So, for example, when we don't show up to work, there is an immediate short-term consequence of the fact that we can get fired or we will lose money from our job. We see that right now. Or, for instance, still talking about work, if we um, have our own business and we decide that we don't want to take on a client because of the workload that it will increase for us, that's a consequence of we're not going to see that money. From that client. 
And when some of us think about that, we're like, hold up. I don't want to miss out on this money. I'll just rather sacrifice my sleep for a couple weeks or I'll just work a little harder to make sure I get this job done. And we don't see the long-term consequences of that decision that by us taking on this extra load or keep piling things on our plate, yeah, we might be getting things done in the short term, but the long-term consequences is our health. Thinking about the fact that now we're we're not getting enough sleep. We're eating fast food all the time because we don't have time to cook. We're drinking coffee like it's water. We never have time to go to the gym because we're always so busy burning the midnight oil. And the mere fact that we're just stressed all the time. And after a while, our bodies, they're going to say, hold up. We are not meant to function like this for the long-term people. And even though we don't see the consequences right away, the long-term repercussions are serious. And as children of God, if we want to be around to complete the work that God has called us to, we have to take care of this body because we only get one. There's no refund policies on this vessel that God has given us. If we don't take heed to the signs that our body is giving us, we will find ourselves in a place where our body will shut down on us without our permission. And at that point, we won't have a choice. Hear me, people. We have to do a better job of taking care of ourselves. And for some of us, that will require us making some radical changes in our lives. But... Even with those radical changes, it's worth it because we need to be around to complete the work. We might have to shift our priorities. We might have to ask for help. But at the end of the day, we need to be around to live a meaningful life and not make our health an afterthought. Now, I know some of you are hard-headed like myself, which is why I'm going to bring a special guest on the show today who understands the severity of what I'm telling you firsthand. But before I bring them on the line, I want to take a short break to hear from our sponsors. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone, as we continue our conversation about the importance of taking care of ourselves in the midst of doing the work of God. I'm very excited to welcome the special guest to the show, Laverne Danley, the owner of Lad for Creations, a video production and photography company. He has had a very successful media business where he's traveled all over the country working with clients and this man knows the meaning behind hard work and the spirit of excellence. But a few years ago, he had an experience that changed the way he looked at everything. And I thought it was so important for him to share his story with us. So Laverne, we're very excited to have you on the show and we want to hear from you. Tell us about your story. Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, so as I've shared with uh, different people and, you know, my family and close friends, um, most people uh, see me as a healthy individual that takes care of myself. Um, but that wasn't always the case. Um, earlier in my career, I would say roughly 10 years ago, um, I was really doing what one might call burning the candle at both ends, where I was working day and night, um, oftentimes skipping a night of sleep in order to get work done, you know, always striving to you know, meet my clients' objectives, meet deadlines, things of that nature, make sure bills are paid, all of that that comes along with being a small business owner. Um, but in doing so, I was really putting a lot of damage on my body, uh, gaining weight, um, eating whatever I could grab at fast food, gas station, because I was always on the go, oftentimes not taking the time to plan ahead for what I was going to eat for the day, just kind of grabbing things as it went. So 
you know, my car might be full of candy and bags of chips and soda pops and things like that just to kind of keep me going through the day. And I really didn't think much of it because it wasn't having an immediate effect on me. Uh, and then at one point, I just started noticing at a shoot that I was at, I started getting a lot of pain in my side and I didn't know what this was from. I just said, man, this is really bad. So I kind of put my cameras on auto mode. We were doing the videotaping, uh, went to the men's room. And at that point, uh, realized that rather than having my normal, you know, um, urination, I had blood coming out and lots of it. Um, and so that was just like a shocker. And, you know, at that point where I was like, okay, I'm going to see my doctor on Monday, whatever God's trying to tell me right now, he's trying to tell me immediately to deal with this. And I did. And that started the process of meeting with different urologists and, you know, uh, different doctors that specializes in just men's health. And as we kept going down the path of eliminating things that may be a smaller issue, it got to the point where they said, well, you really need to go see a specialist. We think this might be something more than uh, something like a kidney stone or something like that. And at that point, um, we proceeded to go to a urologist who, um, after several tests, uh, diagnosed me with bladder cancer. Um, and so at that point, you know, um, that kind of was the, the point where I realized I needed to do something different, but I didn't know what. Uh, my doctors explained to me that the cancer uh, appeared to be contained in my bladder. And so we started the process of doing surgeries to remove the cancer. Uh, so I would go in every four months, um, every three months, quarterly, and basically have this surgical procedure to remove whatever they found. But what they notified me is that uh, if we keep down this process, there's only going to be so much lining left between your bladder and other organs. And so this is not a long time solution. We got to do something about this if this continues. And so, you know, through the grace of God, you know, we did probably about 12 surgeries. Uh, and then at that point, um, the cancer started going away. You know, it was just like uh, I would go in and they say, hey, we don't see it. This is good. Come back in three months for a checkup. Um, all along, one of the things that was surprising to me is that there was never a mention of changing your diet, changing your lifestyle. It was kind of like, hey, if we do this surgery, we can cut it out. And as long as it's not returning, you're fine. So just keep doing what you're doing. But, you know, come in for the surgery. We'll make sure it's there. And if the surgery doesn't work, then we'll switch to chemo and we'll switch to other things. You know, so I kind of somewhat continued down the pace I was going in terms of eating. I did stop working so hard because the surgeries just wouldn't allow me to work as hard. I needed time to heal, so I had to slow things down. Um, after about five or six years, they said, you're cancer-free. I was coming in now annually instead of quarterly, and they would go in and they would say, hey, we don't see anything. It looks good. And so I went in for what was supposed to be my 10-year anniversary, and that was um, actually last year. And so at that point in time, you know, I said, okay, well, I haven't had anything, any problems in all this time. I'm good, 10 years, and then I don't have to come back and do this procedure because it is somewhat invasive. Um, so I said, you know, go and do this, and it's a wrap, and I can move on with my life, and to God be the glory. Uh, unfortunately, at that appointment, my doctor said, okay, it's not only back, but it's worse. And there's not only one form of cancer, it's two. And so at this point, you know, we want to recommend that um, we're going to do what's called a cystectomy. And that process, you know, for those men who have gone down this road, is the removal of your bladder, removal of your prostate, removal of other um, seminal ducts and attached organs, and replacing them with man-made or either um, parts of your body that they've reconfigured to become a bladder. 
Uh, and that was not what I wanted to hear at all. Um, as a uh, somewhat young man, I'm not quite 50. I'm tipping on the door of 50, but I'm not quite there. And so I said, you know, this is not what I want, especially after I did my homework on it and researched it and said, you know, this is not going to be something that's a simple swap in a part, replace it with a, you know, a manufactured part. This is relearning everything that um, you would need to do to basically go to the bathroom, you know. And so I said, you know, this is not for me, um, but if I have to do it to live, I will. But before I did that, I said, I'm going to travel a little bit, get some second opinion, third opinions, find out if this is in fact um, the road that I need to go down. And so I started the procedure of contacting Mayo and, you know, visiting Cleveland Clinic and trying to find other experts. And it was on my visit to Cleveland uh, Clinic that um, their expert agreed with my doctor, except they said, you know, instead of just doing the surgery, we would actually proceed with chemo first because your body would be stronger, accept the chemo to kind of kill it, and then we would remove all the organs uh, to kind of give you the best possible chance of survival. And so with that, I was kind of crushed because I had hoped that going to them, they would find, you know, the latest and greatest, they would say, hey, we can try this, we've got a new trial study, we can do this, maybe you ought to try this other thing. And it, they just were saying, no, you know, without us going in and doing further, you know, analysis, we would have to agree with, because we sent all of the slides, samples, everything to Cleveland Clinic before arriving. So we have a thorough visit. Um, and so I said, well, you know, at least if I come here, they would use robotics instead of my doctor doing standard surgery. It might be, you know, less recovery time, but the outcome would still be the same. Uh, and so I'm driving, I'm heading back um, to my hotel from there because I did an overnight visit hoping that if they needed to do any further tests, I'd be there for it. And so, you know, me being old school, hadn't quite adopted to Uber and Lyft and all that type of stuff. Um, I asked the, uh, ho the hospital, I said, can you just call me a, a cab or something like that? They said, well, we really don't have that anymore. Everybody uses Uber and Lyft, but we have one driver that actually drives specifically for Cleveland Clinic. Uh, let's give him a call and see if he'll take you back to your hotel. And I said, fine, I didn't have time to, or I didn't feel like dealing with apps and all that type of thing. So they sent this driver and he came and he, we're just talking on the way back to the hotel. And he said, hey, you know, you look pretty healthy. You know, are you here for business? And I said, actually, no, I'm here as a potential patient. Uh, I really came here just to kind of see if they had a better solution for, you know, what they're saying I need than what my doctors say back at home. And he says, wow, you know, that's surprising. You know, if you don't mind, can you tell me about your situation? And I said, well, <laughs> what I got to lose? Why not? So we start talking and everything I share with him, you know, the bladder cancer diagnosis and what I had been gone through. And he said, you know, um, in my country, he was from uh, India. He said, in my country, we kind of heal the, the body holistically, um, just do nat natural means. We believe that, you know, what you're putting in your body, uh, the food you eat should be your medicine rather than, you know, some of the, you know, medicines and things that what you call drugs here in the U.S., um, we don't really believe in that so much. And if you wouldn't mind, can I send you some information about some foods to eat, some diets to try, uh, just cleaning up your life, you know, in terms of what you're eating? And he said, in addition to that, um, he said, I want you just to kind of you know, not say you work for yourself. I want you to start saying that you work from God, for God going forward. He's like, you know, God is going to be much more, you know, uh, on your side if you're working for him and truly working for him and not for your business um, doing God's work. And he's like, and lastly, you know, you're going to have to change your lifestyle a little bit. 
eliminate some stressors in your life. He's like, you know, try this for 90 days, ask your doctor to give you 90 days and, you know, see if this changes things. And, you know, and if it doesn't, you know, you know, just to be the better and be in better spirit and better physical condition anyway. And I said, well, I agree with that, you know, and I wasn't really wanting to do the surgery anyway. So I said, if I can try something else, you know, by all means, let me try it. So I go back to my doctor, explain to him, hey, you know, I really would like 90 days um, in order to try, you know, eating healthier, uh, changing my lifestyle and see if that has an effect. You've already done the surgery to remove what cancer you found the last time. So this is really a matter of, of preventative maintenance to see if I can do some changes that would prevent it from coming back. And so my doctor was just not having it. He was furious. He was upset. He's like, hey, you're taking your life into your own hands. This is not going to work. He's like, I've never felt that, you know, eating healthy and changing your diet is going to have anything to do with your type of cancer. So, you know, I can't support that. And I'm not willing to give you the 90 days. I think we should proceed with the surgery. And I said, well, you know, last time we spoke, you didn't explain to me that I was in dire straits, that if I didn't do the surgery within 90 days, that it was going to be, you know, catastrophic for me. Uh, you explained that, you know, schedule-wise, this would be a probably good time to do it. But we also talked about if I wanted to have children in the future, you know, you would give me time in order to, you know, do things like, um, you know, uh, preserving sperm and all that type of thing. So, you know, what's the difference? You know, if I was going down that road, you would give me the time. But because I'm talking about getting healthy, exercising, eating better, changing, you know, um, how I'm living, you're against that. You know, I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. And so he just wasn't having it. And so we decided to part ways, you know. Um, I was still, at that point, I was convinced after, you know, and one of the things I failed to mention before I got back home, uh, the gentleman you know, who was my driver did in fact send me all the information. By the time I got checked into my hotel back there, uh, he had already texted me all the information with regard to the foods and other things to try. Um, and so reading through that and watching the videos he sent me, I was convinced I was going to at least give this a shot. I had nothing to lose. And so having this conversation with my doctor when I returned, you know, that was upsetting because I was hoping that he'd say, okay, 90 days, not a big deal. Go ahead and do what you need to do. I'll see you later in the year. Um, so that not being the case, I not only now needed to try this new method in terms of eating and living healthier and living for God, but I also needed to find a new doctor. Uh, because I needed somebody at least to be checking things along the way to see if, if it was working, not working. And so I did. I found another expert in Chicago uh, who I work with now. I explained to him what I was looking to do, and I started this process. And he, he was fine with it. He said, you know what, I believe in that as well. I think that's a good idea. You know, as he did a preliminary check on me before we started, he did say he saw some you know, small amounts of cancerous cells. He says, but go ahead, do your 90 days, do what you believe you need to do, and then we'll come back and we'll reevaluate. So I came back in 90 days after eating healthy, exercising, um, eliminating stresses in my life. And for a small business owner, what sometimes people don't realize, eliminating stressors also sometimes means eliminating clients, you know, even paying clients. You have to find that people are maybe not good for your spirit, even though they might be good for your pocketbook. And I had some of those clients that I said, you know what, I, I appreciate the business. I appreciate the financial, you know, growth because of it. However, the, the way we interact is constantly stressing me, constantly frustrating me and constantly causing me to lose sleep. And so I had to let them go. 
And, you know, God worked that out as well, you know, financially for me. But eliminating stressors and learning to eat healthy. Um, at that point, um, I also went strictly vegan, uh, giving up um, pretty much everything I have been eating in the past, especially all junk food. Um, I pretty much now I'm still on that vegan diet. Um, I, I drink only water and maybe pure apple juice. But in any case, um, getting back to progress, um, I went back to my doctor uh, within the 90 days and he checked me out and he said, I don't know what you're doing. He's like, but I see no reason that we would do that type of surgery on you. He's like, you know, whatever you're doing, I can see your body healing itself. I don't see the amount of cancer. He's like, I see a small amount of, you know, remaining cells. He's like, I think we should go in and just kind of clean those out. Keep doing what you're doing your diet. Come see me in six months. And I did. And in six months, he's like, I see nothing. He's like, I can see where your original, you know, original uh, surgeries are healing um, and, you know, very little scar tissue. He was able to show me, you know, inside on camera and everything. And we've kept this process. I've gone back to him again after one year, nothing. Uh, and so today I am, you know, again, giving God the glory. I'm the healthiest I've ever been through the process. I dropped about 60 pounds of weight, um, dropped about another 15 pounds of fat uh, and changing that into muscle. Um, I exercise regularly, I eat healthy. Uh, I get to bed at night, I go to sleep. Uh, I stay faithful to God and, uh, you know, I try to be a blessing to anyone that I'm doing work for. And most people, you know, who know me, uh, regardless of situation, know that my intent is to be a blessing wherever I'm at. Wherever I'm at. Uh, and that's been the, the story and that's been my walk. You know, I've tried to share it with as many people as I can, uh, not saying that it's the way for everyone, but it is definitely the thing that saved me. Wow. That's an amazing testimony, Laverne. And I, I know there's other people out there who they feel like, I have too much work to do. I have to burn a midnight oil. You don't understand. What would you tell them right now? They're, they hear your message, but they don't necessarily see the realness behind what took place in your life. What would you tell them? Yeah, you know, I think um, as much as you want to, uh, you know, be there for everyone, whether it's work or whether it's family that you're constantly being there for, at some point you've got to consider, I can't be there for them if I'm not here. Um, and so, you know, even when I first got diagnosed with cancer, I had went to a small bit of depression with it because I was like, wow, I've never smoked. I'm not a drinker. How did this happen to me? Uh, I went and spoke with my assistant pastor at my church, who's also a therapist, uh, who kind of just put it out there for me and said, you've got to kind of decide that you want to live. You've got a small child. Uh, you've got a wife. You've you know, got a long life ahead of you. You've got to decide that you want this. Uh, and as I look today, you know, that same message still rings true. I had to decide I want to be here. And so my advice to them is to kind of take a look to say, hey, you know, a lot of people who they're, you know, they're the everything for everyone, um, oftentimes pass before the people that they're taking care of um, because of how much they're doing and how much they're putting wear and tear on their bodies. Uh, you know, caregivers oftentimes are the ones who suffer the most, you know, in terms of just not taking an account of how much they're doing to themselves. And so if you want to be there for your family, you want to be there for the work, uh, you know, 
people understand, you know, that you need a break. They may not want it because they're dependent on you and, and people are often, you know, really wanting what they want out of life. But if you stop to think that if something major happened to me, whether I was in a car accident or whether I lost a family member or whether I had to take a leave for any, you know, uh, reason, life would go on for work. They would find a way to make it work. So, you know, rather than having something like that happen, why not be proactive and say, I need to take some time for myself. I need to get healthy. I need to <clears throat> get my mind right in terms of, you know, am I loving myself? Am I taking care of myself? Am I doing the things that I know is gonna keep me, you know, mentally sane as well as here for my family, here for the people who care for me. Um, and it may not be accepted at first because people are dependent on you, but when they see the progress in your life, you know, I know I, I had to, uh, disassociate myself with a lot of things that, you know, people saying, hey, you know, let's go here, let's go there, you know, can you do this? And I realized that I need to get sleep. I need to get rest. You know, I need to be at a, in bed at a decent time. And if I go out and hang out with you, and if I go to this event and go to that event, um, I'm going to still want to get the work done. And so that means I'm going to be burning the midnight oil. So I had to kind of prioritize things to say, okay, health and fitness for me for the next year, that year between now and a year ago, that became priority number one. You know, a lot of, you know, we say a lot of times we're juggling a lot of balls and some balls are going to drop. It's a lot easier if you decide up front which balls you're going to let drop. Um, and so myself and my wife and my family, we decided, okay, these things are going to have to drop for right now. Um, and we're going to be okay with that, but I'm going to get healthy and we're all going to get healthy together and so that we can have a better life. And it's paid off for us. Um, whereas I think a lot of people are so afraid to let a ball drop. Eventually some are going to, and hopefully it's not because your health condition or your life condition gets so bad that they just have to. Um, so at some point you're going to decide, Hey, I'm going to have to let some things go. Maybe the house doesn't get clean this week, you know? Uh, maybe I don't get to go to this event, you know, that I was hoping to go to with my friends. Um, but whatever that is, you've got to make a decision that, you know what, I'd rather be here another 20, 40, 50 years than to do it all right now. And that's yeah. when I had to decide. Yeah, you made the right decision, Laverne. And I know that when people hear this message, they can resonate. I know I personally can resonate because I've always been a hard worker. But you said something so key earlier in this message about how you realized that gentlemen in the limo told you that you work for God. That is something that even in ministry, sometimes we forget. You know, yeah. so how has that revelation changed your life? Uh, that's been probably, I, I'd say, next to God blessing me with good health, um, that understanding of that has been a blessing. Um, I'm, I'm calm when I'm approaching work. You know, I get calls for all different types of video shoots and photo shoots, but knowing that my heart is in the right place when I go to the shoot, it, it always works out well. You know, my photography work has gotten better. My video work has gotten better. I'm specifically picking clients that I want to work with and reaching out to them. And that's, you know, been fruitful. Whereas before, you know, oftentimes as a small business, you're waiting for the phone to ring uh, and you're hoping someone's going to call and say, okay, would you hire me for this? Do you need that? Whereas now just the way I've been working and the spirit I have about my work, um, the phone keeps ringing and it's clients that match with my spirit. 
they're nonprofits, they are small businesses also, or they're large corporations and say, you know what, we don't like a lot of stress, you know, so working with you is easy and you get us and you take the time to, you know, understand what our needs are and you do it with a good spirit. Um, oftentimes working with nonprofits, I'm interviewing people or shooting people that have stories far worse than mine. And having my spirit in the right place and knowing I'm trying to do my best to be a blessing to others through God, um, the people I'm interviewing see it. They open up, they tell me their stories. And from that, we're able to help other people. Um, and I don't think that that would be as easy if my spirit was where it was in the beginning, where I was like, it's about the work, it's about the money, it's about you know booking clients. Uh, now it's about just enjoying what I do and trying to help other people look their best. Uh, my communication to my clients when I'm shooting them is different in that I want you to show me who you want everybody to see inside of you. Um, and I can already see it. You know, I look at every person as a beautiful being. And so when I'm shooting them via photo or video, I've already got that edge to say, I can see that beautiful person inside of you. Um, and so let's just let the world see it. And through that messaging that I believe God places on my heart, it just flows naturally. I don't stress about work and, and I don't stress about, you know, whether or not the work is coming every month. God takes care of me. Uh, with regard to my health, my finances, my work. Um, you know, I've got a beautiful wife and son uh, who uh, are key in the family in terms of all of that. It, it works. Um, and so that's what I'll say. That's been the difference, that, that calmness to know, you know, uh, God's with me today and we're going to go do great work. Good stuff, Laverne. So if anyone wants to get in contact with you, how can they reach out to you and learn more? Sure, um, they can look online, Lad4 Creations. Um, it's www.lad4creations.com. Um, on Facebook, I'm Photography by Laverne Danley. On Instagram, I'm L Danley III. So I'm the third, so it's L Danley III for me. Um, and yeah, reach out. You know, some people I know, some men will reach out and just say, hey, you know, what did the guy tell you to eat? <laughs> what did yeah, that's the you secret. Do? You'll have to reach yeah. out to find that one out. <laughs> yeah, reach out to me. I'll be happy to share that with you. Um, and, and more importantly, I think it was definitely, it's the stress, removing the stress, um, having a purpose. And for me, that's being a blessing. And beyond that, taking good care of yourself. You know, you've got to take care of yourself. We want to be around. Um, you know, as I share with a lot of the men that I um, communicate with and they pour into me, a lot of the older gentlemen that are my mentors, you know, they're all of the mindset that we've got too much knowledge to pass so soon that we can't pass it on to the younger generation. Uh, if we as African-American men or any men, if we're passing soon, we don't get to pass the things we've learned to the younger generation. Uh, and it may take them getting a little older for we can communicate with them uh, as they get through their wild stages, that they get a little older for us to sit down and share with them, hey, here's what I've learned. Uh, a lot of young superstars that are working themselves into the ground, um, I want them to get this message earlier, that pace yourself, you know, family, you know, friends, uh, having a good social life uh, is as important as making the money. So hopefully they'll get that message and we'll all live a little bit longer and live a lot healthier. Yes. Thank you for your message. Thank you for your testimony. And I hope you continue to share with others so they can be encouraged, Laverne. Absolutely. So that is it for this episode this week. I hope you were blessed by it just like I was. And if this is your first time tuning into Faith on the Journey, we hope it's not your last. 
please be sure to subscribe to our website and see some of the other stories that are out there by visiting faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. And if you have an amazing testimony of faith, please reach out to us. We want to hear from you so others can be encouraged by your journey. So again, that's it for this week. We thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week for Faith on the Journey. Be blessed, everyone.